I'm Dr. Kelly Jones. And I'm Noelle LaCroix. And this is Augasm, the podcast from Chipperish Media where we reach for explosive inspiration. Today's Augasm is our finale. We're coming full circle from our first episode to talk about magic again. So let's see what's in the cards for our final episode of Augasm. So our last topic, like what, three months ago? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's been a little while. (laughs) It's been a hot minute. It's been a hot minute, but uh, yeah, we did we did uh, want to wrap this up. Yeah, our last topic was travel. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I had very very brilliant things to say about travel. Actually, actually, full disclosure: this is the second time that we're recording our finale episode. Yep, we recorded this episode once already, <laughs> or at least we attempted to record it. And uh-huh. all of our technology just said, ha no. <laughs> so. uh-huh. No, it was great because the technology also didn't tell us that it was punking us until we were finished after like an hour and 15 minutes. Oh my God. Yeah. It was and, ridiculous. And yes, you had, you had many brilliant things to say and you were fantastic. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like, okay, can you just do that like again? And right. <laughs> we had no idea. That all the technology had completely failed us until we were finished. Yeah. Usually it gives you some sort of a warning. Usually it tells you like, hey, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I quit. (laughs) I refuse to work under these conditions or whatever it does, you know. And it didn't do that. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this time it works out. I'm like not touching anything. So <laughs> I'm like not know, gonna no. I'm like Mm-mm. maybe like literally everything is in retrograde. I don't know. Well, I know that like yeah. I mean, we're still like in the Mercury's direct. We're still in the shadow. Whatever. I'm not an astrologer. Do you love how I say that? Like I know what's going on. I'm like, yes, we're still in the shadow of Mercury retrograde. I have no fucking idea. It sounded very convincing. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I try to do. I try to channel my inner mediocre white man and just say things really (laughs) convincingly a lot of like self-confidence just sort of baked in so Uh then you just have no idea you're like that could be total bullshit but it sounds great so (laughs) travel do you have thoughts on travel i don't really i mean i'm sure i did like six weeks ago is one of the (laughs) <laughs> one of the reasons that this was so delayed, uh, because it keeps coming up, um, and I have been traveling like crazy, and you've been traveling too, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'm like, huh, mm-hmm. I have not yet figured out how to quality podcast on the road, and and it seems like in this, this very strange course of events that, like, there's no such thing as Wi-Fi, in your hotel. And I can't quite figure this out because, you know, I look at I look at the calendar. Yes, it's still 2019. And I'm like, okay, why is this so hard? Like, I can watch a movie streaming on my device on the airplane when I'm up really, really high. But I can't get any decent Wi-Fi at any hotel I stay at. So, I don't know. Yeah. Total side note. Like, total side note. So there was this movie I have been dying to see forever uh, called Yesterday. 
about this guy who's like in a coma and this weird thing happens yes. and he wakes up mm-hmm. and he's the only person who remembers the Beatles, right? Yeah. And so I was on a flight, how, what was it, two weeks ago, 10 days ago, last week? I can't remember. <laughs> yesterday. Uh, it, it could have been yesterday. I don't you know. don't know. Was, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that movie was one of my choices on the plane. So I finally got to watch it and it was great. So if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. And I'm leaving, you know, I'm doing traveling tomorrow and then I'm going out of town again next week. So. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's right. Not okay. Yeah. It's just constant. Um, but I think my, my takeaway from that was I am now traveling pretty constantly for work. I also want to travel just for fun. And for pleasure and mm-hmm. to see friends. And so, like, I'm getting to do a lot of travel, which is great. But I, I really want more of it in, in like, a space that's free to explore and not just focused on work every place I go. Yeah. So it's just kind of good to realize that, yeah, I mean, you can work some of that in when you're traveling for work, but it's not the same, you know? Yeah. And every conference center looks basically like every other conference center to a point, you know? (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, ah, I saw the inside of a ballroom of this hotel and this hotel and also this hotel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. I didn't really have anything super deep except um, time travels differently when you're traveling and it feels like parts of it go in fast motion and then parts of it go in slow motion and then by the time I get home and reacclimated back to my time zone then it's time to leave again so that's kind of weird (laughs) yeah and time is all imaginary anyway right like (laughs) there's nothing like that's what I keep telling people but but also like there's nothing there's nothing quite like travel especially air travel especially travel like across time zones to make you realize that time is just this thing that we kind of made up and we all just sort of agree that it right is what time it says oh my god like the time zones keep screwing me up because (laughs) this last trip that i took i had to present uh at the conference and so i was i live in central time my body is always hardwired on eastern time but i was back in the eastern time zone and I was working on my laptop, just like going over my notes and whatever, and completely forgot that the clock on my laptop doesn't automatically adjust for time zones like my phone does. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Oh, yes. And so, like, luckily, I figured it out before I completely showed up an hour late, but, but still, I was like, oh, my, this is just so discombobulating. You know, it's just crazy. Uh, so my big takeaway is traveling just completely fucks with a podcast schedule. Like that's <laughs> that's all I got. Right, right. Before you agree to like a year long podcasting project, um, maybe consider your job and your travel yeah. and your family obligations. And oops, <laughs> yeah, but also don't do that because then you'll never podcast. That's so true. Like, okay, you yeah, know, good point. Just- <laughs> Just know that you'll set very good intentions for a schedule and may not be able to keep it. And it's okay. Like, <laughs> that's the best I got. <laughs> but but um, anyway, anyway, because like, I mean, and it has been 
fun, like fitting in orgasm when we can, because all of the stuff that we've gotten to talk about has been really great. And I really love that we decided to end the show by going back to our very first topic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that just kind of made sense somehow. Yeah. In a way that I can't totally justify. (laughs) (laughs) It just does, okay? It's like the Ouroboros of a podcast just eating its tail, and here we are again. Which is a perfect symbol for magic, right? Is it, though? Like, the snake eating... I mean, the snake eating its own tail. Is it? why, Why is it a perfect symbol for magic? I mean, I agree with you, but I also can't say anything beyond like I agree with you I guess because I've always associated it with magic energy doesn't begin or end it takes on new forms you know nothing is completely created or destroyed beginnings and ends and rebirths and continuations I don't know I don't know (laughs) I look at it and I think yep that looks like a magical symbol to me cool cool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, I mean that that actually gets us into identification really, really beautifully. We're going to do our ideas framework for the last time. This is kind of great. I know it's pretty great. Although it may not be the last time. I don't know. We'll we'll talk about that off mic probably. <laughs> so identification, you know, this is this is actually kind of cool. Coming back to something that we've already gone through this framework with. And I probably should have listened to our first episode, but... Oh, good idea. Yeah, whoops. But besides... <laughs> I should have done that, too. I probably should have listened to it. But, you know, I mean, besides finding that idea completely cringy, I just... I, I don't know. Um, I sort of... I don't want to copy off my own paper, <laughs> in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like... I feel like if I had gone back and listened to what I had to say about magic, you know, whatever, a year ago, 14 months ago, whatever it was that I would probably just end up repeating myself and be like, mm, good point, Pass Noel, you know? Like, <laughs> they make some very astute points and I will just say them again. But, you know, having having not revisited that recording, right now when I think about identifying magic or defining magic, the first thing I think about is mystery. Mm-hmm. And leaning into the whole I don't know feeling like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean anytime anytime there's something in my life um something or someone or whatever and I think I don't know how this works but it does like I don't know why my connection with this person is so strong but it is I don't know why I feel this certain way around this person that I do. I don't know how my pets always know what's going on with me, but they do. Yeah. That sort of, that sort of thing, that feeling of, I know this to be true, but I'm not sure I could point to anything in the environment that is measurable that could support this mm-hmm. being true. That's that is where that's where magic hangs out for me. And I also realized that over this you know, over over the period of time that we've been doing this podcast, my definition of magic has really expanded to include a lot of uncomfortable sensations and emotions. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I will I will talk about that later on as we get into things, but I do I know that in the past my definition of magic or at least what would come to mind when I thought of magic was very like bright sidey and sparkly and rainbows and you know like pink glowing cosmic eggs and beauty and flowers and bloom and all of these things that are very magical but that's not the entire story mm. and i i am i guess i'm i feel like i'm seeing things more varied now which is great because it more authentically reflects my own experience of magic. But like I say, we'll get into that. I'm getting ahead of myself in the framework. <laughs> what have we got for identification? <laughs> so um, I did not go back and listen to our episode, but I did go back to my notes for the first episode. But I think it, it my definition has shifted moving from conceptual appreciation to experiential practice. Because this is something I have given time and energy to over the last year, uh, which is actually kind of cool in and of itself. But in that first episode, I defined magic as a phenomenon or series of phenomena with meaning, borrowing from Lonnie Diane Rich's definition of story. Mm-hmm. And a year and change later, I think now I would define magic as consciously co-creating meaning. With the universe. I love that definition so much. I love it so much. Well, I think at first, like, it used to feel like magic was something external. It was something to seek out or search for or something that might happen to me. And now I believe magic is a force, you know, an entity in its own right, in the same way that love and inspiration and creativity are. And we all have the capacity to experience it if we choose to, but it it is a conscious choice. And so like, it's just a kind of shift, I think. And it's difficult because this part of like identity, right, which you were talking about a minute ago of like, I don't know why (laughs) I feel this way. I just do. Mm -hmm. So as a hardcore trained academic qualitative researcher to like (laughs) try to integrate that part of my identity with this I mean what I can only describe as something that's intuition based Mm -hmm. has been a challenge right (laughs) like because I want to step back a lot of the times and ask myself yeah okay but what do the data say like (laughs) really you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> but here's so. the thing about that, though. Like, here's the thing about about data and intuition. I heard. Oh, I believe it was Mary Kay Greer talking about the difference between intuition and psychic ability. Have you heard mm-hmm. this? The difference between intuition no. and psychic ability? OK, this is great because I previously had thought that these were things that sort of like I I know that some people use those words or those ideas interchangeably. Mhm. And I never like that that never really sat right with me, but I did think that they were they were super duper related. <laughs> um but Mary Greer talks about intuition as being something that 
you like intuition is informed by things that you can observe. So for example, you are reading tarot for someone and you turn over what? The Ten of Swords. And they recoil. Like they you notice that they like lean away from the table. That using that information, noticing that and using that information to inform the questions that you ask them is intuition. Is intu- Whereas psychic ability is like you're sitting, you know, you're sitting at this table doing this reading for someone and you're like, you're feeling sort of like heavy fabrics and you're smelling smoke and you have this sense of like a dark corner or a space and you're like, I'm getting like, I don't know, like a, like a literary sort of a grandfatherly energy, you know, somebody who like smoked a pipe and you're, you know, the person that you're reading for is like, oh my God, yes. Like, how did you know? And it turns out, you know, that it's their great uncle or someone, you know, owned an antique bookstore or whatever. And, but there's nothing in the environment that gave you that information. That's psychic ability. Okay. So, I mean, that's, that is one explanation of it. Um, but but when you talk about you know when you talk about data and you talk about like what what we can observe and measure i'm not a qualitative researcher but that it seems to me that there would be potentially a way to i don't know measure something or at least observe some of those external phenomena. I feel like I've taken us like way off the path here, but I'm also just like, I'm like, you're like, it's not possible to, you know, to observe or, you know, and I'm like, well, is it though? Well, no, I mean, the thing is, is that, like, I think it, it is, it's just so different for me. Sure. Than yes. All of the training that I, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's weird to say relying on intuition is counterintuitive, but <laughs> but for me, but that's it fantastic, is, right? <laughs> but like, so and it's it's funny with your definition, you know, that definition between psychic and and psychic ability and intuition, because uh, one of the things that I did over the last few months was I took a intuition workshop um, at, at my favorite magic shop. In St. Louis, and it was fantastic. But I didn't know, like, I really didn't know what it was going to be about. I, it sounded like fun. So I went and I didn't know <laughs> what, like, the terms weren't defined on the syllabus. I, I just thought it sounded like fun. And um, the, the woman who taught it is a medium. And so her, like, she has, I think, different definitions of intuition. Um, but, and, and I mean, the whole, it was fascinating. Like everything was fascinating. I filled up an entire notebook with notes. It was great. And then she and I got to talking and, and she put us through, um, some of these exercises where she basically said, you know, 
when we got there, she was like, don't tell anyone anything about yourself except your name. That's it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Because then we, she paired us up and she was like, now lean into your, into, you know, into your intuition and see what you can read about this person. And that was it. That was all the instructions she gave us. That's all. And I'm sitting there like, <laughs> what? Like, uh, uh, what? <laughs> you want me to just guess? Wow. She's like, yes. And then, you know, so you made a list of everything that you could pick up, I guess, about that person. And of course, some of that comes from observation because you are looking at that person and there are cues from the way someone is dressed and, you know, whether or not they're wearing a wedding ring and just other things. But she had us work like that for very uncomfortably long periods of time. <laughs> where. <laughs> just like oh my god and then um then you had to read the list and the person would either say yes no or i don't know and you literally put checks x's and question marks on everything on your list and it the whole point of it was not to get things right and not to prove some psychic ability but simply to practice that discomfort of thinking with intuition and that was it. And it was incredibly uncomfortable and incredibly fascinating at the same time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's just, it's it's so interesting to me to see the different ways that people lean into it, into intuition or the different forms that it takes. And the, I guess the the proof or the evidence or something that sometimes you just know something and you don't know how you know it. Mm-hmm. And I'm still wrestling with that because I, I would prefer to know something with a citation. So I'm just, <laughs> you know, because I even asked her for a reading list at the end of the class. <laughs> she basically patted me on my head and said, I don't do that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, but anyway. God, all right, we're way off topic. Uh, so I took the class to discover things about magic. Haha, ha, how about that for a segue? Nice, so nice. What have you got for discovery? Okay, so I talked a little bit just a minute ago about this, I don't know, like my first, my sort of initial definition of magic and like what I think of. Like if you say magic to me, even now, I like sparkles and unicorns and, you know, fairy castles. And maybe that is because I have a first grader who is very into <laughs> sparkles and unicorns <laughs> and fairy castles. But also, I think that there's this, this real... Mm, What's the word I want? I recently heard it called nice washing (laughs) of the like esoteric and new age and pagan communities where it's like love and light and, you know, this very like sort of sweet, fluffy, spiritual bypassy kind of attitude. Mm -hmm. And that's not something I'm interested in. I mean, I think that I think that light and fluffy definitely has its place. And I know 
um, you know, I, I know a lot of people for whom the light, the, you know, the love and light kind of new age spiritual practice has been really, really useful when they're in a very dark place. Mm-hmm. That is not how I'm wired. <laughs> that is not what I'm interested in. It turns out. So I was really interested, especially revisiting this topic of magic, to look at the darker, more shadow side of things, you know, largely like within myself Mm -hmm. and when we get to um, exploration, I will have a little story about that, about how the Ooh. shadow kind of found me. Because, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I tend to be drawn to very dark stories. I tend to like, like is the wrong word. I tend to respond really well to things that are dark and twisty and you know, hell mouthy. <laughs> and <laughs> that, that is what draws me in. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of shame associated with that. When you feel like the way to access magic should be, I'm putting should in like the biggest air quotes you've ever seen here, right? should be through this, like, you know, Age of Aquarius, Mystic Crystal Revelations, and the Mind's True Liberation, you know, hearts and flowers, hippie loving kind of energy. And, you know, and I love that stuff. And I love the musical hair, which is what I just Me quoted. too. I love it. I love it so much. But there's this other piece that draws me in this like horrific piece and you know one of like one of our one of our sub questions for discovery is what did we want to learn or think about with this topic and i guess what i wanted to think about and and dive deeper into was this darkness and like why does it why does it attract me in the way it does you know why do i love why do i love you know the bad girls of the pantheon essentially why (laughs) why is it that i don't respond in a really powerful way to the sort of light beautiful side of things but the dark ugly side you know gets me in my in my DNA. <laughs> yeah. So, so all the shadow, I guess, bring on, bring on the darkness. Let's do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I was sitting here thinking and this image came to my mind and I was like, Oh yeah, it's like my dirty chai. So my, <laughs> my favorite drink at my magic shop is a dirty chai. So it's a lovely chai latte. With an espresso shot or two, depending on the kind of day I'm having. Ooh. And so it has that dark center, if you will, <laughs> surrounded by like the creamy light sweetness. And and so for me, like I'm also very drawn to dark stories, but I like the ones that start dark and then come up. 
So like start me in a hell dimension and end me in the light. And that is going to get me every single time. Hmm. And, um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it is interesting. And like even hair, you know, which I love, it's one of my favorite musicals is not all happy. Oh, it's not. No, really hard, sad things in that. But when I was thinking about like, what am I naturally drawn to? And what did I want to learn more about? I've always been drawn to, I don't know if I would just say the pagan or the idea of magic or the ritual of it, even before I really understood what it was. But I think what I was looking for, I mean, you know, I want ritual and beauty and appreciation, awe and wonder. Like, of course, I always want to harness those things into my life. But I think mostly I was looking for a spiritual practice that could feel like home, like for the soul. Because uh, organized religion and I got off to a real rocky start. <laughs> and I'm not interested in any kind of formalized doctrine. Um, but I do want that lens, like some kind of framework for grappling with big questions. You know, and, and not all of that is light and, and fluffy. And that's what I'm starting to find with magic. And and it was funny in, like, thinking about this and, and preparing to record. Uh, just the other day, there was this article on Autostraddle by Meg Jones-Wall that was called Finding Personal Power in Magic in Tarot. And I think of all of the magical practices, I guess is the best word, mm-hmm. that I have been trying for the last year. Like, tarot is the one that has stuck like tarot is the one that feels the most intuitive to me. And she wrote this article about her journey from like a very, um, I guess more of a fundamental religious stance to Mm -hmm. her current life with tarot. And she basically like read my diary Um, and put into words things that I didn't even know I wanted put into words or like that I needed put into words. And so realizing that I'm not alone in that experience uh, was really powerful because it can be the whatever spiritual practice you want it to be, like in terms Mm -hmm. of looking for meaning or having that framework, you know, to examine things through. Um, And so that is what it is becoming for me. So I guess that's what I want to discover more about. And if I picked one area of magic, I guess, to continue to study or work through right now, it would be tarot, Mm. which is fascinating to me, considering that my first deck sat on a bookshelf for months and I was sort of hesitant to even open it. And... (laughs) And now it's it's almost a daily practice. So just and then like the experience of doing something for a year mm-hmm. is also really interesting. Mm-hmm. That I mean that's a discovery process in and of itself, you know, which has been really great. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which I guess actually perfectly brings us into exploration and yeah. the actual like doing of the thing and the creating mm-hmm. of the space and the time for the magic in our lives. And I, I, I almost, okay. I, I don't really want to tell this story 
about Aww. my spell gone wrong. Um, <laughs> because it's so fucking embarrassing. I mean, I'm going to like, you know, I so I did. <laughs> God. So I tried. I tried very hard, you guys, to lean into the bright sidey, like sweet light. You know, like pink candles, love and light side of magic. Which I'm really, like, I promise you I'm not bad-mouthing. I know it probably sounds like I am. I'm not. What I'm bad-mouthing is the thing that I did, (laughs) which is try to shoehorn myself into this space that is not a great fit for me. And I think I knew it when I started this love spell. So I decided a while ago... This was quite a while ago now that I was going to do this love spell. I was going to do this like full moon. God, I think it was even like Beltane. I think it was like a full moon, like Beltane love spell, self love spell. And it was supposed to be this like showering myself with like love and this journey to my ideal self and all of these like beautiful, sweet, loving things over the course of a moon cycle. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I get about halfway through this thing, maybe not even halfway through, maybe a third of the way through. And this is a, this is a daily practice type of spell. This is not, you know, one big ritual and, you know, you put all of your energy into it for, four hours and then it's done. This was like, this was probably 15 or 20 minutes of working with a spell every day. And it just started to kind of slowly fizzle. And by which I mean, I like had to kind of force myself to do the practice every day. And I had to, you know, I would be in the middle of something else and be like, oh shit, I forgot to, you know, I forgot to write my spell out. I forgot to do my list. I forgot to, you know, whatever. Spend time with my anointed candle. And I blamed it on stress. I blamed it on, you know, being busy with um, children and family obligations and all of the things, you know, all of the things that get in the way of doing the practice. (laughs) And then... I don't remember what happened. I don't remember exactly how the whole thing imploded, but it absolutely did. And I lost it. Like I completely broke down to the point of, I don't want to say blacking out because I was still very conscious. Um, Mm -hmm. I was still able to speak and articulate. But what happened was the things that came out of me as I was speaking from this like very dark, very self-loathing space were exactly the kinds of things that I needed to uncover. Mm-hmm. So what what I had been trying to do was build myself up with this like love and appreciation for the wonderful things that I am. But what I needed to do was articulate 
the things about myself that I hate, that I would destroy if I could, that I, you know, have tried to destroy (laughs) through all kinds of, you know, through varying degrees of self-harm, a lovely, a lovely, uh, smorgasbord, if you will, of pain and trauma. (sighs) And at the time, like in the moment, I mean, the day itself was just horrible. It was horrible. And I felt very much like a failure because here I was supposed to be writing and reflecting and meditating on love for myself and all I could think to articulate was hate and the desire for self-erasure and the desperate wish that things were different, that I was different fundamentally, like at my core. And I felt like the spell had failed. I mean, Mm -hmm. I felt because I literally, I literally abandoned these pages of writing that I was doing in, in service of this spell. But I realized after I sort of, you know, came to and sobered up in more ways than one, (laughs) um, that that was that was exactly where that self-love spell needed to go. I needed to say those things. I needed to articulate the self-hate and the, you know, the repressed emotions and ugliness and pain that those things that were not being expressed needed to be expressed. And that Mm -hmm. that was the most self-loving outcome. And I feel like I'm being completely vague about this because <laughs> and I am, I'm being a little bit vague because, you know, a lot of it is yeah. like deeply personal. And also, also I feel this real pull to take care of our listeners, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I'm very aware. I'm yeah. aware, like if you're li- basically, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably, you know, been through some shit with your mm-hmm. self image and you know your your relationship to yourself and you know who society or family or some like deeply ingrained voice of your own you know that sounds a whole lot like you is telling you you need to be or need to mm-hmm. do or need to achieve or whatever the case may be so that's i mean that's the reason for the vagary is the you know, yeah, not wanting, not wanting to uncover all of the issues, but it is a very interesting, it is very interesting to me when you start out <laughs> going in one direction, <laughs> you think, I'll just do this. This will be fine. This will be just like this nice little thing that I do for myself. And then, you know, you end up in some serious, dark shadow work territory that you didn't think you signed up for (laughs) but actually ends up being exactly the right thing so uh yeah who's that for exploration yeah yeah well I mean and it's having witnessed that with you it's it's 
hard. Like it's, it's, I think anytime that you tap into maybe that deep well, it might take you down a current that's different than what you anticipated. But you were open to it. Like it was hell. It was awful. But you were open to figuring out what you needed to learn from it. And I think ultimately that did make a big difference, which is a a really powerful experience to have had. Yeah, I mean, I felt it's funny. Like I felt immediately better. Not immediately, immediately, but like, I don't know, next day, maybe (laughs) day after Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, well, that sucked, but now I kind of know. Now I feel like I'm pointed in the right direction a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe I'm maybe I'm nice washing the whole experience. Maybe it actually was like a week of <laughs> pain and trauma because that's the way those things work, right? You're like, yeah, it was fine. And your friends are like, no, <laughs> it was not fine. <laughs> I can tell you it was more than a day. <laughs> but yeah but and I you know I was thinking about this too um and the original like list that I wrote for exploration um is so funny because whether I mean to or not my brain is hardwired to think like a syllabus like I love what are the learning objectives and through what material are we going to engage those objectives and on what curriculum is this built and what is the learning philosophy <laughs> guiding it like I just can't help I watch television like this like it is a problem and <laughs> I, or <laughs> it is a solution did you ever think of that <laughs> maybe well, what's wrong with the world Dr. Jones is that not enough people watch television with learning objectives in mind <laughs> just gonna put that out there or maybe not uh, but <laughs> The problem is when you decide to go into something that is intuition-based. You know, literally, I'd like to explore magic, please. And here is the criteria by which I would like to do that. And here is the timeline. And here are the learning experiences I have designed. The universe sits back and says, oh, yeah? (laughs) Watch this, honey. Um, And it just, like, I... I'm not a control freak. I'm not a total dom top controlling whatever all the time. Like not. (laughs) I was going to say careful. Not a hundred (laughs) percent of the time. I, you know, I am capable of switching, but it's not my, like (laughs) my go-to is I will direct this thing. Damn it. You're a service top. You're a service yes. top. It's fine. Like, we all, we need someone to be in charge. We need someone to be in charge. Yes, Kelly will be in charge. Yes. But it doesn't work so well when, <laughs> when you're exploring something that requires a degree of surrender. And so, like, I thought I knew the questions that I was asking. And so, like, and I have had some great experiences over this last, you know, year and change, because I've read things I wouldn't have read before. And I've listened to podcasts I didn't know existed. And I have, you know, completely fallen in love with now an ever expanding collection of tarot and oracle cards. And, you know, I treated myself to a natal chart reading. And that was amazing. And, you know, I've gone in for workshops, and I was the test subject at a medium circle. And like, that was fascinating. But 
like things have also been like it's been a challenging year. I'll just you know <laughs> like in a lot of ways this has been there have been some of the best things in my whole life this year and there have been some of the hardest things in my whole life this year. And over the last couple of weeks, I don't know if the universe just really likes to fuck with me or if it's just timing or whatever or my <laughs> karma is just asking to get spanked. I don't know. But over just the last couple of weeks, like I had, you know, business travel. I had a huge, huge, ugly, horrific family situation that just came to a kind of resolution. I had a big medical scare that required a biopsy and waiting on lab results and it's fine. But this was like everything came to a head within the course of six days, like or seven days, just back to back to back to back. During which I also got rear-ended and my car was totaled and I had a dear friend with me who could have been hurt and thank God she wasn't. But like, it was a fucking week, okay? It was a week and it was like a culmination of this year or just even longer. I don't know. Like, (laughs) can you have a week for two decades? Because that's basically what I've been having. I mean, it sounds to me like, have you... Have you considered the possibility that you might be a protagonist? <laughs> no. <I am laughs> absolutely not a protagonist. Cuz it well no, cuz it sounds like it sounds an awful lot like the author is just like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take everything and just like make it worse for her. Oh, God. <laughs> but but I found myself and like I'm a t- I don't know. I'm tough, I guess. Like, it takes a fair bit to completely knock me down. Like, I will handle the things. Like, I will, fine. Like, give me another thing. Whatever. I'll deal with it. Service top. handle it. Service top. (laughs) Like, whatever. Fine. I'll do it. I'll deal with it. But I literally got to the point, I think this was earlier today or yesterday. (laughs) My, My days are brimming together. Uh, Where I literally said the words out loud, you know, what the fuck does the universe actually want from me? That was today. It was today? (laughs) It was today. Like, I'm like, did it really take all of that to get me to ask that question? Because (laughs) I have been approaching this from the perspective of what I want to learn. Hmm. And not the other way around. And Hmm. so I'm like, okay. You know, and that's that's a big reframing for me to be like, you don't necessarily get to write your own learning objectives when you are literally asking to get in touch with magic. Like it doesn't work like that. And so I think being willing to surrender the idea of what I thought I was supposed to learn and say, Like, literally, okay, what the fuck do you want from me? What am I supposed to figure (laughs) out? What am I supposed to see? And actually be open to not knowing the answer. Yeah. Is incredibly uncomfortable, for one thing. (laughs) But it feels like a really important step. And it's taken me this long to get there. So I have no answers. Like, I have literally no idea. I still think the universe is a smart ass bitch, but whatever. <laughs> but but it's 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 just a completely different way of thinking. 
So, and I am willing to explore it. I would like to explore it with less drama, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I don't even know how to articulate that clearly. Like, I don't know if any of that is making any sense. No, that makes complete sense to me. That makes complete sense to me. I think you and I have, well, like you and I have talked about this idea of like the wise grandmother, right? That Uh like you go to the grandmother, you go to like. (laughs) The wise grandmother for advice. And you're like, more, more. What should I do? What what, what, what what, would you do in my situation? And wise grandmother is just like, okay, first of all, I wouldn't have gotten in that situation in the first place. <laughs> and second of all, you're in so much trouble. You know, like, it's that you're like, help me. And you're like... And she's like, look, if you could have learned it without, you know, your entire life falling to pieces, you would have learned it that way. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the universe is a smart ass Mm -hmm. because the universe, like, I mean, this is my belief. This is my my personal belief is that goddess or spirit or god or the universe or you know divine consciousness or however you want to think about it whatever word you know works for you speaks to us in the symbols that we respond to Mm -hmm. and speaks to us in the language that we speak and you speak smart ass southern girl (laughs) so So the universe is going to, like, smart-ass southern girl you. That's just kind (laughs) of how, you know, like that. I mean, that's that's my perspective. That's my, that's the conclusion that I've come to on magic over the course of a year and change. I kind of love that, actually. I mean, (laughs) but it makes sense, right? Like, this is something, like, I know (laughs) I've gotten into the habit apparently, of texting you every time I see a cool animal, like, Mm -hmm. while I'm, you know, out in the world or while I'm driving. Not while I'm driving. Don't text while driving. It's very dangerous. No, really don't. Really don't. But, like, I notice the animals that are Mm -hmm. around. So Mm -hmm. I have decided, with a little bit of a permission slip from Edgar Fabian Frias, who is a like a wonderful magical human one of the many wonderful magical humans i have come across in this past year um you can look them up on instagram but edgar fabian frias talks about signs essentially mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. to us in like the animals that we notice so the red tail hawks that i see you know driving north or the deer or the crows outside of my house who have so much to say or the bunny rabbits that were born under my front porch and now are just taking over the neighborhood, which Mm -hmm. I kind of love. You know, there's this, this thing that happens when you start noticing what you notice. And for me, it's animals right now and I'm just leaning into like 
okay, universe is going to speak to me in animals. Cool. Like, what do I need to know? What, what do I need to know? What do I need to learn from all of these animals that keep crossing my path? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, apparently the universe likes to speak to you in drama. And I'm sorry. (laughs) I know. I'd really like to change that. Like, I would like to exchange that. Like, I would like the universe to speak to me in like, I don't know, glittery fairy dust. Like, that would be much better. That would be much better. Talk to my first grader. (laughs) Right? I know. But it does raise the question of like, if you put me in a drama or a difficult situation, I will respond. I will handle it. Right. If you cover me with fairy dust, like glittery fairy dust, I'm probably going to sit back and analyze it and be like, yeah, okay. So (laughs) it, it may be making an intentional choice to lean into those things that do actually delight me that feel I I don't know do you say too good to be true like give me a scary tarot card and you will have my attention give me a super positive powerful reading and I'm going to question it for days (laughs) and and like this just happened like this just happened to me you know post car wreck I took my friend to the magic shop because I mean what else do you do well, I'm like, we're not going to ruin all the time we have together. Let's go to the magic shop. And I had like the strongest reading I've ever had. And in that, in the spread, I had all four sevens from the minor arcana and the chariot, which is seven in the major. So like <laughs> literally all the sevens. Bananas. Right? And yeah. and the, the man who was reading for me has been doing this for like 10 years. And he said it's never happened to him before. Like, he was as baffled as I was to have pulled all the sevens in one reading. And so I'm like, and then it was a very, you know, positive, powerful reading. And it is so much harder for me to accept that kind of message than it is to accept that there's something bad and I have to fix it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's something for me, I think, to meditate on, to say, you know what, I would like to start responding to the light and magical, like the, the happy fluff. Like, why not? I've had enough yeah. of the other, you yeah. know? Um, so, yeah, it is. It is. But I think it comes down to the way I choose to analyze things or what yeah. I choose to pay attention to, just like you're choosing to pay attention to the animals that you see. Yeah. Because, like, I moved a few weeks ago and went into a townhouse that I absolutely love. And when I was touring it for the first time when I left, uh, this beautiful fawn ran in front of me, you know, like out in the in the grass. Um, so, of course, I had to text you to be like, dear. <laughs> but there was this, this little part of me that was like, oh, well, now I know this is the right place because look how lovely. And then I'm like, Kelly, you cannot base the decision on where you're moving because of a wildlife sighting. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I, <laughs> you know, like I have that intuitive draw and then I criticize myself for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I do too. Right? Like, I know yeah. I have to... I really have to work on what I choose to analyze and how I choose to analyze it. I think, yeah, I think that's a thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do exactly the same thing 
in terms of tarot cards. And like I bounce hard off the positive cards. Yeah, you like, do. Really? I mean, yes, I know. Like there's not it's not tarot cards are not really a binary and all of the things and like but there are these cards that like you look at them and you're like mm, that's a good card and then there are cards you look at them and you're like that's a bad card but like <laughs> hit me with like the ten of swords and the tower and the freaking what else what else five of swords you get a lot of swords i get a lot of swords I get a lot, a lot of, swords. of swords very mm-hmm. interesting to me but i'm like yeah that seems about right that seems about right Three of Swords, yeah, mm-hmm. my that that's just my whole narrative right there. But you know, Queen of Pentacles shows up, Ace of Pentacles, yeah, like Three of Cups. I'm like Four of Wands. What's happening? What is this? No, I don't trust this. And I think it's interesting that that's like. Well, there's a lot that's interesting about that. I think it's interesting that you and I both do the like, ooh, no, like this is, this is like too good to be true, that we have yep. this idea of too good to be true. But also, like, do I, do I reject the light and fluffy or the, the bright and shiny because I'm more comfortable with the dark and that's more indicative of like who I am or do I reject it because I'm judging myself for wanting it like there's so much good to work on with that you know like there's so much and something something that keeps coming up for me with the whole like you know light side shadow side of things Language makes that sound like a binary. It makes Mm -hmm. it sound like, you know, dark is on one side and light is on the other. But they don't exist independently of one another. Like, you have to stand in the light to cast a shadow, you know? Mm -hmm. Or you have to stand, like, to see the light. It helps to stand in the dark. There's a whole, you know, we could get all, like new age hallmark card about it you know (laughs) if you're not if you're not casting a shadow you're not standing in the light I feel like that's a saying I've seen somewhere well like you said the other day you can't see the stars if you're not standing in the dark that's true yeah that's very true so I don't know I don't know where I'm going with this I guess just the idea like debunking the idea that these things are separate Mm -hmm. you know that like when the moon is dark as it is right now, as we're, we are recording this, like it's still there. Right. You can't see it in the sky, but it's still up there. It's still up there doing its thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I should have something like really deep and profound to wrap that up with. But it's it, magic is not magic. Like everything else is not a binary. You know, it's all <laughs> seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, magic is magic is fluid, man. Like, yeah, but I think that that natural inclination toward binary or labeling or compartmentalization or categorization or whatever, that was kind of the biggest part of my analysis because like I said in the beginning, trying to integrate different parts of my self, my identity, whatever. Um, is is one of the big struggles for me um, because I'm like, 
well, yes, I will go home and light my candles and burn my incense and pull my tarot cards and read these, you know, beautiful incantations and open myself up to visions and tap into my intuition. Like, that's really cool. And then I'm going to go back to work. <laughs> and, and like, I, I left a tarot deck on my desk the other day and almost had like a panic attack when I realized I had left it. Because like, oh my God, what if somebody comes in my office and sees it? Like, oh my God. Never mind the fact that like one of my coworkers is just as much into it as I am. Like it just, there's this identity struggle for me. And um, calling back to travel, one of the most interesting things that has happened to me recently at a conference was I met someone who she she does the same kind of work I do, very professional, very accomplished. Um, we have similar, you know, similar roles and similar education and all of that. But she is also a practicing astrologer and tarot reader. And she speaks and podcasts and writes about magic. She's written a book about astrology. And on her LinkedIn profile, she lists both <laughs> the mundane and the magical. She's like, professional talent development, organizational, you know, development expert, blah, 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 tarot reader, astrologer, and she's got everything together. I love it. And it stunned me. Like, I actually had a moment talking to her, thinking, I didn't know we were allowed to do that. Like, like, (laughs) just this, like, wait, what? Like, what? You can do both of these things? I don't. I don't know how to do that. Um, and I don't know where I get this idea that they have to be separate. But it's 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 very firmly trenched in my mind. And so, like, I'm really trying to figure out how to integrate those things in ways that are more holistic. You know, that I'm not, mm-hmm. that I don't, like, leave this part of me behind when I'm being, quote, unquote, professional and leave that part of me behind when I'm being quote unquote magical. Right. Like, and this probably yeah. sounds completely silly, but it, it is a real struggle for me. So that that's kind of where I was with analysis of like, huh, yeah, that this is bizarre. Like I don't even know how to <laughs> how to begin. Well, I think this that kind that of that's a real struggle. Like I think that that's a real struggle for a lot of people. You know, maybe not the mundane and the magical necessarily, but I mean, certain, certainly for, I mean, God, certainly for like women and marginalized folks, you know, you're supposed to be like all of these things simultaneously, you know, you're supposed to be like the caring, involved parent, but also the badass career powerful person and also the like you know hot sex goddess for your partner and all of these things simultaneously but also not simultaneously because you know mothers aren't sex goddesses and you know all of these all of these (laughs) ridiculous divisions that society makes for you know, women and queer people and marginalized people, especially, I think, feel the weight of that. That, like, I mean, 
not to get on a not to get on a, a social justice soapbox, but like it's very don't ask, don't tell, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. yep. like it's okay for you to be whoever you are. Just keep it hidden. <laughs> like mm-hmm. don't be out in the open about it. You know, and I know that's like a huge oversimplification of an issue that affects lots of different people in a lot of different ways. But I think that that is also a very real thing mm-hmm. in a lot of people's lives. And I mean, again, just my belief is that, you know, all of that, like, all of that is magic. Like curriculum design is magic. And I mean, and, I think so. <laughs> you know, and like, like, I, like accounting is magic and teaching and, and I don't even know, like, like playing an instrument. Mm, like, absolutely. Oh my God. <laughs> like, you know, so it's not just like, it's not just the astrologers and the, tarot readers who are magical people. It's also, you know, the nurses and the massage therapists and the group fitness instructors and the, you know, God, like lawyers and doctors. And it's, there is magic everywhere. And we're so, but we're so conditioned to compartmentalize so, yeah, I mean, it's a mind fuck. Like, it really is. It's a mind fuck when you want to feel more integrated and you want to feel more, you know, you want to draw your energy back into yourself and not feel so fragmented in all of these places in your life. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can be the badass budget balancing podcasting queer witch writer dancer, whatever, you know, like you can do all of these things and be all of those things all of the time. (laughs) And that in itself, I think is kind of a magical practice, like trying to pull all of those identities together. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I'm just leaning into the I don't know, I guess. (laughs) That's my... Like, like, really? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're we're in analysis now, right? In our framework, mm-hmm. we're in analysis. And that has been one of the biggest challenges for me is that acknowledging that. So, okay. So not only, not only are they, there are these things about myself that maybe feel like out of place or maybe I don't like them or maybe I wish I could, you know, make them disappear. Um, not only, not only do those things exist, but... Maybe those things are part of the magic too. Yeah. Those things, those things that I don't like about myself or the, my maybe less than healthy coping mechanisms that are developed based on trauma on and on and on and on, that those things are part of the magic that I can access. I mean, Mm -hmm. because when you've been, when you've been, when you have experienced something really dark or when you've been marginalized or you've experienced, you know, a very specific kind of pain or oppression, 
that becomes a source of power or it can. Right. You know, because then you can reflect that back to other people who have experienced that and maybe were feeling really alone mm-hmm. <laughs> in their experience. Absolutely. Maybe. Yep. It's it's complicated though. Like it's really it's difficult to it's really difficult to look at those at those dark places though with like or those dark experiences within ourselves as part of part of the magic, part of our magical experience. But I don't know. I mean, I'm always I'm always extremely grateful when other people go there. Yeah. So maybe maybe the stuff about me that I don't like and the experiences that I've had that I would prefer not to have had, maybe there's there's power in that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think looking for power does relate to self-love and self-care and authenticity, which would bring us nicely into synthesis. I mean, that's some like hella synthesis right there. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's Persephone gets dragged to the underworld and then is like, no, I'm queen of this place now. <laughs> like, that's right. <laughs> I live here now. Also, you kidnapped I'm in me. Ha ha. <laughs> Jokes on you. I'm queen. Like, Which is why I so badly want to rewrite that story without the kidnapping. Like, that is the novel of my heart. But that's a whole different topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bang. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, synthesis. Thoughts? Synthesis. <laughs> so, instead of being dragged to the underworld, we just go to the underworld? So just, we're just like, cool. I mean, it's a stamp on your passport, right? <laughs> oh my god oh my god i'm gearing up to talk about willow and tara doing a spell to connect willow to the ne- the the nether world i believe uh-huh. is what they call it yeah and i'm just like really <laughs> like really anyway <laughs> anyway this is not that podcast it's great i'll have to tether yeah. you to this plane it's not like anything we've done before. <laughs> Up to your anchor. Yes, it's Heather. You. Synthesis. Magic. Synthesis. God. So synthesis. I just synthesis. like a whole, that's like a whole lot of, I don't know. Yeah. Right? Like, yep. it's just, I don't know. I don't know. But like, you know, when we talk about, when we talk about authenticity and integrating, you know, integrating all of our ideas into self-care and self-knowledge and all of that I mean yeah yeah I feel like we just keep doing what we're doing maybe without the drama and the trauma and like the yes (laughs) you know like maybe without like the complete and total uh nervous breakdown and or car you know (laughs) total car wreck but kind of like more of the same just like not quite so heightened right (laughs) like is that yeah i I think so (laughs) i just i'm gonna reshuffle the deck with the universe and be like okay 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 i have pulled the car wreck card i have pulled the trauma card i get it fine 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 let's 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 work with some new symbols here right but i I think when i think about like what do i want to keep doing basically i just want to keep showing up for things like Full moon yoga and Reiki? Yes. I'm going. 
sure yeah why not yeah you know the tarot reading class yeah i'm gonna go why not like sure someone stops me in the store and they're like what do you think of this deck and i'm like i a don't work here and b don't read tarot but sure i'll go through them with you no problem (laughs) um (laughs) like whatever it's cool but i i think part of it is just like choosing where to direct my energy and 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 that is a multi-layered and multi-leveled thing but yeah like i i have learned so much over the last year and i want to keep doing that um but i want to start directing not so much the objective and the outcome um because i think i have finally learned i'm not in charge of that but (laughs) i want to direct the the energy of it and focus on yeah i do want the light and the happy and the positive and the calm and the deep and the meaningful and the symbolic and and just to to in and to stop criticizing myself for wanting those things Mm-hmm. You know, I think is a is just a really big part of that. Um, so, I mean, bring on the goddamn fairy dust! Like, yeah, here <laughs> I am. Sprinkle it on. Let's do it. And and you're also living in a star house. I know. Oh my god! So this townhouse, we did the numerology for the address, and it came down to the number corresponding with the star card the in the tarot. Yes. yes. So you've made it. You made it through death and the devil and the tower. And now you're in the star and you can just like relax for a while. There's no path into the distance. You're just like <laughs> going to stay right here. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to stay here under the star with like my beautiful picture and this beautiful little brook and like pour water for everybody and just be love and light and yes please yeah i'll take a year of that absolutely yeah yeah i mean it's time honestly like it's time <laughs> yeah so what about what about you for synthesis what Synth- you got for synthesis i mean i think i touched on it already a little bit just you know integrating all of these parts of myself and not trying to you know not trying to force myself to be bright sidey when that's not really what needs to be expressed and Mm -hmm. not you know and on the flip side of that like not automatically rejecting the the lighter brighter fluffier gentler magical energy because it's gentler (laughs) like Mm -hmm. like not everything has to be hard not everything has to be painful. And when it is hard and when it is painful, like I can, I can be okay with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or at least I can, I can be, if nothing else, I can be curious about that. I can be like comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Which is something that it's interesting. It's something I'm very good at, I think, doing physically. Mm-hmm. But like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, no. Yeah, and I'm the <laughs> exact opposite. <laughs> Comfortable being uncomfortable, not even close. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. no, I would like to. I would like to numb this uncomfortable emotion as quickly and as thoroughly as possible. Yeah, 
I still think we should be allowed to train in emotions for ideas. Like, I think that should be a thing. I want that short story, by the way. <laughs> Where it's actually I really currency. Do. Yeah, I really, I firmly believe that. I really, um, really do. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I'm going to keep on keeping on. <laughs> no, I love and, it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so... We have made it mm-hmm. to the favorite part. <laughs> the favorite, the favorite part, part of the script is my favorite part of the script. Mine too. <laughs> what is your favorite part with magic? Right now, it is smart ass tarot cards. Just <laughs> flat out smart ass tarot cards. Where I ask a question and pull a card and I'm like, really? 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 Like, yeah. But also, I I kind of enjoy it. <laughs> it's kind of great, isn't it? Yeah. It's also my favorite part. Oh, my, It's oh. my absolute favorite part. It's like, and and I know it's coming, too. Like, I always know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, like, I just need to, I'll just, you know what, I'll just draw a card. <laughs> it's like, what should I do in this situation? And then it's like, wisdom. Trust your inner wisdom. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. It's that wise, it's that wise, smart ass grandmother going, you already know what to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. You know, I'll be here. Yep. Be, I love it. When I, I basically, the cards just look at me and they're like, why are you asking us this again, girl? Like, <laughs> really? Really? And I'm like, damn it. Well, in the cards that follow you, too. Yes. That's the thing, like in a year of, you know, learning to read tarot and, and, you know, working more closely with my Oracle deck and all of that. It's like, again, like mm-hmm. how is it yep. possible? Yeah. How is it possible that I have drawn this card? There are 78 cards in the tarot deck. You know what card I'm going to pull at least three times a week? <laughs> page of Wands. The Page of Wands... Yep stalking me whatever constantly i have pulled that card more times than i can even count page of wands come page on wands. down yep like yep i swear oh, to god i, I, I think it. i could pull it out and set it aside and i would still draw it somehow I don't know. <laughs> i'm pretty sure that will happen they're all the page of wands <laughs> <laughs> this will get you for your birthday Deck of cards is just all the page of wands. <laughs> that would actually be kind of cool to have like 78 different versions of that card. I love that. I mean, I love that's, you know, this is not the tarot podcast, but if it were, we could talk about how much fun it is to look at different artists' interpretations of different cards and the different meanings that you can extract from different artistic renditions of archetypes and on and on and on and on and on it is fun yeah that's a lot of fun yeah and you know what else is fun hmm a spontaneous orgasm (laughs) oh that's true that's true well okay I'm sure there's a name for this phenomenon. You probably know it if there is a name for this phenomenon. When you're studying something or learning something and suddenly you see it everywhere, mm-hmm. what is that? It, does that have a name? I, I just call it a heightened awareness. 
Okay. Because I think when you're, when something is top of mind, you become hyper aware of that thing. So it doesn't, it, it doesn't like, for example, I'm currently shopping for cars because mine is toast. And one of the cars that I really like, I now see everywhere. But there are no more of them on the road than there were last week. But my awareness (laughs) is heightened because I've been reading about them. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably a cooler word for it, but that's all I got. There probably is a word for it. And it's probably slightly different based on the circumstance. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I don't know. But anyway, this has been my experience of learning tarot is I see tarot archetypes everywhere. I see tarot numerology everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just and it occurred to me recently and this is this was a bit of a spontaneous orgasm for me because it delighted me, but it occurred to me that everything is terrible. <laughs> God. I'm so sorry. I apologize. Uh, not punny, witchy word witch. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Everything is terrible. Oh my god. Everything is god. terrible. It is. Uh, there's a god, podcast. God, I kind of want that. No, see, I kind of want that to be a podcast. Yeah, you should do it. Everything's a podcast. Yeah. Everything is terrible. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. I'll think about it. I like it. I'll think on it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Mine, I had uh, I had one of these today. So I have a road trip tomorrow, which means an, an audiobook, right? Um, which I started early because why the hell not? And <laughs> so I I have this this thing I'm trying to do because I have um I have not just a few audiobooks. In my Audible <laughs> library, like like a lot of audiobooks that I haven't listened to yet, and so I've I've kind of put this rule with myself of like, you're not buying more until you listen to the ones you have. And of course, I'm not actually going to follow that rule because who are we kidding? But I am making more <laughs> of an effort to read, you know, some of the ones that I haven't yet read, and so I am choosing them at random. I'm just like literally opening the app. St- scrolling with my eyes closed and hitting play and seeing what happens. Bibliomancy, baby! Yeah, it's great. Like, I fucking love it. (laughs) And so the book that I started was uh, Backseat Saints by Jocelyn Jackson. And I love Jocelyn Jackson. She narrates her own book. She's wonderful. And I've read almost everything she's written except this one. And it has a... um, the main plot line is, is a very domestic abuse situation. And I bounced hard off of it. Because it's violent and it's scary and whatever, triggering. But I was like, nope, this is the time I'm going to listen to this book. What I didn't know is that the motifs, if you will, or like thematic elements that are woven into this come from a tarot reading. And so there's three tarot cards that are sort of structuring the meaning of the novel. And so you have this wonderful Southern Gothic that I love from her and then this this completely new edition from tarot that I can now appreciate on a level that I would not have understood last year. And so I was like, that is so cool. 
Like that, that's just my kind of literary spontaneous orgasm. It made me very happy. That's the best. Yeah. It was really cool. So this is our finale. No. For now. (laughs) For now. (laughs) And this has been fun. And like all the scheduling aside, I'm really glad we did this. And I've really enjoyed these conversations with you. Yeah. Do you have like any final thoughts on this show? Favorite topic, episode, anything like that? I'm putting you on the spot completely because that's just how I roll. It's fun. Yeah. You're putting me like super, super on the spot. Right? It's Um, so great. (laughs) You're so mean. I know. I love calling on people in class when they don't expect it. Like, it's my favorite, favorite. That's so mean. <laughs> oh, my God. You're the... Yeah. You're the worst. Oh. Um, I loved... I I definitely... Like, when I think... It's funny. The the favorite episode for me that comes to mind is our episode about podcasting. Mostly yeah. because that's yes! so, like, deeply... I don't know, navel gazy, but also just like really fun. It was fun. It was fun. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. I do wish, like, you know, of course, the the best laid plans, right? I wish that we had gotten on more of a schedule and mm-hmm. in more of a rhythm with yep. the show because I feel like every episode for me to a point was like, Oh shit, I have nothing to say. <laughs> because yes, me too. You know, because it was like it was like life would get in the way or like you know, you'd be ready to go and then I'd have some sort of like medical emergency or you know, I'd be ready to go and then you'd have to take a trip for yeah. work. I would literally like, okay, forget well, that I was supposed to be on a plane at the time we had scheduled to record. Mm-hmm. Always fun. Twice. Always the best. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's sort of, it's kind of perfect, though, that it it worked out in this, like, clunky way that it did, because I think, because what I'm feeling about the show is that I wish that I had been more polished, and I wish that I had been more, I don't know, like, researched and smart sounding, <laughs> and instead, instead, it's this, like, giggly i don't know like at any minute a child could come charging into my podcast studio space yeah because we're doing this in like the stolen moments between dinner and bedtime at my house anyway yep yeah but i don't know like i guess this is (laughs) this is this is kind of goofy but i have so much appreciation for the folks who put out really, really deep personal material mm-hmm. on a schedule. Yeah. That to me is like, I mean, that is magic to me. If you can, you can like go deep with personal reflection, you know, <laughs> with or without a framework on a schedule. <laughs> That's sorcery. Sorcery. I love it so much. And I think, I mean, I mean, you know, I say I'm still new to podcasting, but Lonnie Dinerich says, You're really not. She says, says like, no, you're not new anymore. But, but this was the first show. So, like, my first, my first podcast was 
kind of deep and personal, like very unintentionally so, but that's how it grew. But we had a, a reading schedule. So it was like around these books. And so there was homework, like there's read this and talk about it. Okay, great. And then the other <laughs> podcasts I do are about shows or movies. So like watch this and talk about it. And so, you know, like I wish, I mean, I always wish I sound more polished than I do. And definitely I would love to be more scheduled. But this was a really fun challenge with orgasm because we didn't have that underlying structure. And so it was a lot harder in a lot of ways. Um, but it was also a really good experience to do that because it was, it was just a different way of approaching a podcast. You know, um, so I feel like it's kind of genre playing. Like, I don't know how that works with podcasting compared to like creative uh -huh. writing, but it kind of feels like a different genre, a different way of, of approaching things. And it's, it's a lot more difficult without that underlying structure. But it was also a lot of fun, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> some of my yeah. favorite, my favorite episodes, I think, ended up being the threesomes. Like, I loved talking about podcasting with Lonnie. I loved talking about movement with Autumn. And I loved talking about mythology with Joshua Henry. Like, that, those were really fun. And... So, yeah, like, but the whole thing was just kind of great of like, we don't really know what we're doing. We're going to just talk and, and be as authentic as possible. And, and I think sometimes just saying, I don't know exactly where this is going, but I'm just going to jump in and do it was, it was just kind of fun. Like, <laughs> you know? um, and I appreciate your willingness to just jump in and play along because i don't know i'm like how do we structure this what are we based i have I no know. idea i don't know um i don't know <laughs> but each topic that we talked about was meaningful for me and like things that i did want to think about so i do appreciate that and and i always wish there was more time to focus on the stuff that you deeply want to focus on but it's 14 episodes is better than no episodes you know, so <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I appreciate you. I appreciate you too, honey. And this was fun. So thank you to everybody listening. And some of the, you know, the Discord discussion has been great. And like all of that is always fun. So you want to close us out on our finale? I will close us out. Thank you all so much for coming along with us on our orgasmic experience. If you would like to connect with us on Twitter, you can find me at Noelle Aloud and Kelly at Dr. Kelly Jones. And as always, the hashtag is orgasm. And like all Chipperish Media Podcast, Orgasm is 100% patron supported. Just a dollar a month or more gets you access to the live chat and Discord so you can hang out with us and the other super magical Chipperish patrons. Visit patreon.com slash chipperish to find out more. And if you like what you hear, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Whether or not you listen on Apple Podcasts, that's a great <laughs> way to support the show and help other people find us. Or post about your orgasmic experience on your favorite social media platforms because explosive inspiration is best when shared with friends. Thank you all for joining us on this journey of explosive inspiration. The show is over for now, but our exploration continues and we hope yours does too. 
Our closing quote comes from The Charge of the Goddess, traditionally by Doreen Valiente and adapted by Starhawk. Let my worship be in the heart that rejoices, for behold, all acts of love and pleasure are my rituals. Let there be beauty and strength, power and compassion, honor and humility, mirth and reverence within you. And you who seek to know me, know that the seeking and yearning will avail you not unless you know the mystery. For if that which you seek, you find not within yourself, you will never find it without.